ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, we can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. going i haven't spoken to you for ages dude we haven't talked pretty much for three months uh we were doing a show together folks and uh i heard a a welling cry and uh i said peter excuse me Uh, and i went downstairs and baby jeremiah had uh crawled off the bed and landed on his head and had a um dude it was horrible it had a uh, bump the size of an egg on it Oh, my goodness, a poor little fella. <laughs> I thought he had cracked his skull, folks. I had Peter pray, and I said, I have to go. And um, it was horrible, traumatic. I said, you know what? That's not going to happen again. So we ended up buying a mattress that uh, we put on the floor next to the bed as insurance. Cool. And cool. you know what? It actually <laughs> saved him one time because uh, Narita heard somebody at the door. Yeah. And she jumped up out of the bed, and the baby sleeps with us, so... She said she opened the door, and it wasn't long. Right on her heels was Jeremiah, and it was like, whoa. Uh-oh. He jumped off the bed and landed on the mattress and then crawled through the crack of the door. <laughs> so uh, it's already come in handy once, and without fail, we put it down every night just in case. He decides to jump praise off that bed. But praise God, he's okay. Thank you for your prayers, Peter and everybody, and uh, he's good as new, so it's all good. Thank you, Jesus. The joys of parenting, that's, uh, that's being a dad and a mom, right? All these sort of things happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Expect the unexpected. <laughs> well, we, we keep a, a watch flying him now like a hawk, um, yeah. especially as he starts to walk. So, Well, with that, I want to welcome everybody to the program tonight. It's an honor to bring back, after a long absence, um, Minister Peter Whiffen from Gold Coast of Australia. We want to welcome you folks, wherever you're tuning in from. Peter, would you like to open us up in prayer? All right. Dear Father God, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. We ask in the name of Jesus Christ, you be here today and be with us in uh, in spirit and in truth. Let everybody that we talk to today be blessed. We ask, dear Father God, that the desires of everyone's heart be met. And we hope for you to come soon save us from this evil wicked world amen i say amen to that peter it's so amen. good to have you back brother how you been since last time oh man i'm i'm sort of running this off shop here you know this opportunity shop and uh which was given to me 
and um, it was a miracle. Uh, the whole shop, uh, the van and the stock and the lease and everything was given to me and even a place to live. And uh, what a blessing. Wow. That is and a blessing. That's a blessing, man. So um, what's happening is it's a wild west frontier here. We're in the worst part of the Gold Coast. Uh, you can't leave anything outside. It gets stolen and... Uh, People are coming into the shop, uh, robbing us blind, left, right, and center, and uh, we're just loving them and <laughs> praying for people and witnessing the people every day. And uh, it's a real cold face, like a ministry here. Yes, you've actually got a storefront there where uh, you could meet new people every day. And um, what a ministry that is, my brother. Yeah, we're get, getting good at um, getting good at sharing the gospel. Uh, the volunteers who come and work, ones that are not saved, are coming up asking questions. Uh, we're praying, casting out demons in the back room. <laughs> They're hearing the screams. Uh, <laughs> even because <laughs> uh, I'm I'm using that article that went in the Woman's Weekly uh, about me being the exorcist and. Uh, I got that at the counter, so they say, how are you going, and, and what do you do, and when I'm talking to people, and I pull out that article, and I say, oh, this is my pastime, and they take about six steps back. <laughs> 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 it's become a really cool witnessing tool, so uh, Peter, lots of exploits. <laughs> what you have there is is like a, what you call it in America, we call it a thrift store, Goodwill thrift store. store. Goodwill store, yeah. People donate items, and you can turn around and um, clean them up, put them up so, for sale. And, you know, uh, you also probably get as a result um, a lot of people that are on probation that need to work off some time. So they're looking for a place where they can go and uh, work some of those hours off. Do you get many of those guys and gals? All the time. So, you know, um, um, they come in the, the van with me. We get called to go and pick up stuff or deliver stuff. Yes. So then they're stuck, aren't they? Right next to me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they get the gospel, don't they? Yes, and they, they do. They've got nowhere to go. They've got to be polite. And um, it's really cool. And uh, I'm getting through to some of them. I'm getting through to some of them. It's a real honor and a blessing to be in this position to be able to do that. Praise God, man. That is exciting. Folks, again, Peter Whiffen coming to you from the Gold Coast of Australia. And uh, I praise God, man, for that blessing he's bestowed on you. Uh, you're a good steward, and you're using that to rehabilitate people for Jesus, to win souls, cast out devils. We're just glad to hear that report, and um, glad to have you out there tuning in, wherever you are tuning in from tonight. And Peter, you're the mic yeah. is yours. Hello, every Hello, everybody, and um, we thank God. Praise the Lord for you all. Amen. Amen. You know, there's a saying that all men are created equal and it's self-evident. And um, I was looking. I don't look like uh, I don't look like that guy walking in. Uh, my fingerprints are different. We we just had the Commonwealth Games here, and um, you know, there's faster and slower runners. So I'm going to say it's not self-evident. All men are created equal. Yes, we're created in the image of God, but we're all being given different gifts. One's given one talent. One's given ten. The potter is the clay maker and makes us all different. 
So um, it's a great relief to know that we're marvelously and wonderfully made, and we shouldn't be comparing ourselves to anyone else, but between us and God Almighty who's made us. Uh, this gives a peace that we don't have to be the fastest, the best, the richest, the, the, uh, the coolest, you know, the A-list. We don't have to be any of that. We can be something more precious than that. And I believe that all men are created, loved, and blessed, and gifted individually by God. So taking that on board, I, 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 it's like a nice way of thinking about oneself. Then one can ask oneself, can I take the courage? Can I be game to offer myself to the Creator to be who He wants me to be? Wow. Not to be who someone expects me to be. Not to be someone I see in the movies or some sports hero, but to be good old me, to be me, and to rejoice that I'm beloved as me, what's and all, the way I am, the way the creators formed me, which he says in mum's womb. How cool is that? Amen. And God's... Amen. You know, man, I was telling this to the people that come in. Um, it blows them out. And, and, you know, with the thrift store, I've got a chance to bless people. So, so I'll get someone who's just left his – guy, he's just left his wife because he beat her up, you know, and he drinks. And he's up the road in a men's hostel and uh, they don't have anything there. And he had no money. <laughs> so I go, um, what do you need? I need a chair, I need some blankets, I need a pillow, I need a pot to cook something, I need a jug. Oh, go and get it, man. We love you. Oh, man, you don't know how much of an asshole I've been. <laughs> the guy says, <laughs> and, uh, we love you, man. Look, oh, i got to pay you something. So, okay, uh, I said to the guy, you know, you can give me 50 bucks when you're, when you're ready. So um, as we're talking, uh, a little girl comes in, like young girl comes in that has to move, you know, and I know that she's probably been into drugs and all that sort of stuff and she comes in the shop a lot, always hassles me, wants everything for nothing. And then she says, I've got to move. They've put all my stuff on the driveway. If I leave it there tonight, it'll all be stolen. And this guy's standing there and he says, I'll help you. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, oh this is good. And then another lady was there, I'll help you too. So I said, okay, you can borrow my van and you can move. So um, they went and helped her move. And um, he came and saw me the next day. He's a Canadian guy, uh, American guy, by the way. But he came and saw me the next day and he said, Peter, for a long time I haven't lived, but last night I felt like I was living. Wow. See, this is the walking what's in your heart. Not just praying and saying. See, this was an act of love from the guy. No pay, he's got no money. And he said, Peter, because of what you did for me, I, I helped her. 
See, see this is loving our neighbour as herself. Like when she, she, he wanted the stuff, I asked myself the question, how would I feel? When, when she had to move, I asked myself the question, how would I feel? And, and I couldn't go and help her move because I'm getting exhausted during the day. I'm moving stuff all day. And I, if I get exhausted at night, I'm finished for the next day, see. So I just couldn't do it. But they did it. You know. And um, this, this is uh, little things, just little things we can put our hand down to do that can be a turning point for someone else. You know, I, I didn't think of going to be but it ended up it did you know <laughs> so, amen uh, cool so so you know the good samaritan he didn't walk past the dude that was beat up by the thieves did he and and there's a chance in our religion that we can lose our humanity the, the priest walked by on the other side of the road instead of the Pharisee. It's full of religion, but no soul left, no, no compassion left. What happened to the love? See, so it's 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 an interesting phenomenon, and um, it got me thinking about it a bit, and. Um, uh, you remember Jesus said, you know, look on the coin? Yes. And, and he said Caesar owned the coin because his face was on it. So I think Jesus talked about two economies there. It's dawning on me. He said you can't serve mammon and, 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 and Caesar. You'll love one and hate the other. So... Um, I think what he's saying there is, is that there's an economy of love and and uh, it's parallel here and there's an economy of hard-nosed business, you know, business, business is business, you know. But the economy of love, uh, uh, Paul, I think, pointed to it when he said, uh, I found a better way. <laughs> I think he stumbled on a better way. It, it wasn't out there, but it was out there. But it, it's Paul stumbled on something and said, "I found a better way," even with his all his anointing. <laughs> Crazy. So, so in this uh, goodwill store, I'm sort of seeing some dynamic happen. That's not just pure commercial, pure commerce, and um, I'm, I'm seeing sort of some dynamic going on. And I'm just wondering about it. Um, I know that Caesar's image was on the coin and Jesus' image is on the blood, on the cross. And this is the... This is the realm or the... Not realm, what I'm looking for. I'm looking for... This is the, this is the economy of the kingdom of heaven. Uh... It's 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 a love economy, and and it works in this world just like the hard nosed money one. So, for instance, I, I had a girl; she needed a tent. 
she um, she was stealing stuff, and I said, I'm going to look in your bags, because <laughs> she just was so obvious. She had bags full of stuff. And she was a drug addict, and, and uh, she put the stuff on the counter, and uh, I started talking to her about forgiveness. But first of all, I said to her, you know, this is how I witnessed, straight up, straight up and down with boldness. I said to her, love, you look awful. You've lost your looks. You, you look so ugly. And she's looking at me. <laughs> and that got, <laughs> but, but that got her attention. I, I said, man, you, what have you been doing? You've ruined your looks with whatever you've been doing. And I knew she'd been doing drugs. But anyway, she's sort of like looking at the sky, looking down. And and, uh, and I, I said, do you know that, that your life can repair if, if you start forgiving? Well, I can't forgive my mum. <laughs> there it was, straight away. So, you know, see anyone in torment, torment is the promise of unforgiveness, right? Yes. So we, here we are to administrate this realm, this, this, this economy of love, this, this kingdom of heaven, the good news, to, to administrate it. So I said to her, love, you've got you to forgive your mum because God says you can't be forgiven. Well, I can't do it. So I showed her. I, I said, just do it by choice, not by feeling. Because, you know, all, all of us are feeling junkies. I don't feel like it. So I said, put aside your feelings, and the worse you're hurt, the more you can honour God by forgiving. Because God forgave you, and you can say, God, I feel terrible, I feel awful, but I'm choosing now to let them off the hook. Okay. I don't want it held against them. I said to her, you don't want your mum going to hell for what she done to you, do you? She said no. So she gets down on her knees in front of the counter, all other people around, and I'm leading her in a forgiveness prayer. Then I, then I get her to offer up her oaths to God to forgive them. Because, you know, we make a promise, we can't break it. God says you'll keep it. He is the only one that can administrate the forgiveness of promises. Uh, that's uh, Numbers chapter 30, the whole chapter. The, 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 the dad is the type and shadow of God, and the wife and daughter are Israel and the church, I believe. So she does that. Next thing, I start casting spirits out of her right in the shop, right in front of everyone. Oh, wow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So she stands up and um, she's got all this stuff on the counter. And I said, you're going to buy this stuff then? And she says, oh, could you do me a deal? You know, because she's got no money. I said, it's free because we love you. And she burst into tears, man. And she wanted a tent. So I just found a really cool tent up the back in the morning. And I, I really didn't want to give it away, but... Um, I went and got it, and I, I said, here, you can have a tent as well. That's free too. And she walked out of the shop saying, God bless you. <laughs> you know. Brother, you're getting a reputation. That's like Heaven's Thrift Store there. <laughs> I know the reputation yeah. is spreading. <laughs> it's cool. So guess what happened? That, that afternoon, someone donated six tents. Wow. 
Now, I didn't do it to get six tits. This is just what happens, you know. Yes. It's just, you know, I wanted to see if I was had any power in me, right, to give some life to that girl. That's all. That's all, man. So there's the question for us all, all us believers, you know. How can we give not life to our neighbour? You know, how? Let's not lose our humanity in the in the religion, you know. Let's get some humanity going. And, it, and it's like, it becomes fun. It, it becomes so much fun. Uh, I, I turn around one day, Shannon, and I just said in my heart, look, the, the shop looks a little bit empty. We've sold a whole lot of stuff. And, and um, I really don't know how I'm going to fill it back up again. And four truckloads of stuff turned up out the back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, man, uh, another uh, second-hand dealer decided to close down, and he just brought all his stuff to me. <laughs> Dude, I have no question in my mind that you're, you've been placed where God wants you to be. And this is a, man, this is a, uh, this is a ministry. God it's a ministry. Is, is created. It's, it's, I, I had a guy in the I had a guy in the back room. You know, he uh, comes from uh, overseas and um, Nepal, and uh, Hindu background, but uh, Christian believer, confessing, and um, uh, we start praying for him. You know, and he's going, "I want to run out of here. I've got to get out of here, and uh, I'm going to kill you." Like this. <laughs> and he tries to grab a hammer. You know, and next thing you know. <laughs> And some other uh, people from another ministry brought him over here uh, from another church. And um, uh, then he goes, I'm hot, I'm hot, and starts taking his shirt off. <laughs> They're all getting looking at you, what's going on here? His eyes are rolling in the back of his head. And and uh, next thing you know, he stood up, he said, brother, something's left me. <laughs> wow. And Yeah. So they invite me to their group you know and I, and I go down there and give a message and uh, another guy says lost his mind and and uh, seeing things and all sorts of things and there's not much I could have done with him in the natural because the guy's lost his mind you know he was really loud of it so I got everybody to call for God's love to come that's the milk and um, as soon as we call for God's love to come the guy burst into tears and went on the floor crying his eyes out and uh, I've yet to hear what's uh, been the praise report from that one, but something definitely happened. So uh, we're getting some very interesting cases. Um, with, with the Woman's Weekly, um, a guy was in his psychiatrist's office and the Woman's Weekly was on the table. So this guy rings me up. He's a Catholic guy. And uh, he rings me up. He'd asked his priest, and the priest said it was all right for me to talk to him, which was pretty cool. And um, he just texted me. Well, he manifested over the phone, uh, voices coming out, um, big battle, two two big rounds with him, big battle, uh, vomiting spirits, uh, voices protesting they're not going. Uh, he's been dedicated to Satan, and it, it turned out he had a... a family of Freemasonry in the history, but uh, here I am, like having a personal one-to-one -one argument with these demons, 
uh, they're going, we're not coming out. I'm going, you are coming out. <laughs> and uh, what, what I'd realize is a powerful weapon, if you're praying deliverance, is, is to claim that we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb who came in the flesh and that our body's not our own. It belongs to Jesus. And, and if our body belongs to Jesus, there is no legal right for demons to live in the body of Jesus, is there? No, that's a, that's a true statement right there. They realize at that point that uh, they're trespassing, don't they? Yeah. So I not only make the statement, but then I, I use the power of the fire of God. Like, I'll burn you. You confess this is not your body. Who owns this body? And when sometimes they come out, not even wanting to say it, but but a lot of times they'll they admit through strange teeth, Jesus. Now this does a lot of good in faith for the person being ministered to, because the enemy is now confessing the truth that. Jesus owns their body. Yes. Um, wow. Wow. You know, I had, had another lady I was praying for, and and I got the demon to say it's Jesus' body, and, uh, you know, we know you, you ask them to look at the seal, right? Right. And say what's on the seal. Now, now this strengthened this lady's faith so much, she now realized that she's been redeemed, which means purchased. The economy of the blood of Jesus buys things. So in this particular case with this lady, I perceived that she had chains on her legs, spiritual chains. So I, I, I said to the spirit there, um, uh, uh, demon. I hereby buy the, the spiritual chains, the chains on her legs with the blood and body of Jesus. Now hand them over. And the demon goes, no, oh no, not the chains. You've heard all these things, Shannon. But the thing <laughs> is, is that <laughs> for the value of the listeners, for the worth of the listeners and, and for, for yes. educational purposes, we can say about it that the blood buys things. Because why? Uh, you know, we, we, I heard it said, you know, we say, you know, I plead the blood. But, but what good is that? We, we, what, why and does that work? What is, what by pleading the blood happens? And why does that happen, see? So what we have here is the blood of Jesus is owed a payback. Because the blood was shed illegally, right? That's right. So how much payback is the blood of Jesus owed? Well, like you've got you got uh, some children. What would happen if you had died before you had your children to those children? They would not have uh, Be- lived. They would cease to have existed. Right. So Jesus had no children, right? That's right. So, so the blood of Jesus consists of all the potential children that Jesus could have had. So how many is that? 
if Jesus if Jesus lived forever and his children live forever, not under the curse of Adam, how many children could possibly be come from Jesus if he had a, had a baby? Millions, billions. Uncountable, right? Right. So, what's the value of all those uncountable children lost? Who can pay that back? Nobody. No one. And this is why there's an eternal judgment for being guilty of the death of the eternal son. Because there's an eternal eternity to be put. Remember the parable of the prisoner? Uh, the guy got let out, he didn't forgive, and he said, go back into prison and stay there till you pay the last set. So this is where the blood is on the head of the devil and men who side with the devil. The blood is on the head and cannot be paid back. So in this way, when we plead the blood, we're pleading the payback of the blood. Why can we plead the payback of the blood? Well, only the bloodline can. If we're in the bloodline of the first Adam, there's no payback because all are able to be killed because all have killed, all have sinned, and have the weights of sin's death. So when you're in the family bloodline of the first Adam, there's no no claim on a on a blood payback. But but when we're born again, we we are actually we actually are the bloodline of Jesus adopted. So so I believe that we've we've got the technical and legal rights of a full sum. That's so right. Yeah, so therefore we, we share in the compensation. Why? Because we all only go down one level. You know, the family tree of Jesus is level because we can't have sons to Jesus. One must be born again. Once we're born again, it's one level. Under us, as adopted ones, we can't have natural ones. So under us, there's no children. We don't have children to Jesus. Everyone born again is in the one level, the highest level, bloodline, direct son of Jesus Christ. Where Adam's family tree goes down layers, Jesus' family tree is level. So with this, we have full heirs, the full heirs of the Lord Jesus Christ being given to us by covenant, being given to us by inheritance. So this gives us the right now that God has given us to administrate the justice owing to the blood. Very powerful. That's right. To execute the judgment written, that honor have all the saints. Yes. And, and the Father want... judges no man. He has given all judgment to the Son, says in another place. But, 
But who is the sun? There's the sun and then there's the body of the sun. The judgment written is written by the head. We're not the head, but we are the body executing that judgment. Yes, how do I know? And might we just make this up? Let's have a look at Ephesians chapter 3. We started, without reading all of it, we started verse, uh, verse 8. And Paul speaking, Under me, whom am less than the least of all the saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world had been hidden in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, here we have a very interesting uh, passage. To the intent, what God intended, that now unto the principalities and the powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him, not faith in him, the faith of him. Wherefore I desire you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. So Paul is saying the job of the church there is to teach the demons a lesson. This is good to keep in the back of one's mind when you're doing deliverance. My job is to teach this demon manifesting here a lesson. That's right. So how do we teach them the lesson? We sit them down and say, listen to your lesson. Or do we lay on them the judgment that's written and they get the boot in the backside and taught the lesson the hard way? I tell you what we do. So we, arrest, I, we arrest those demons in the mighty name of Jesus. We bind them in Jesus' name. Yes. We teach we them a the lesson. Weapons. Amen. Amen. The weapons. We command them to drink their wrath that's appointed to them. Like drinking the blood of Jesus is drinking the cup of the payback for the blood of Jesus. Okay. We command them to repay. We demand an accounting of them. Pay up. Time to pay now, demon. It's your judgment day. We summon them to the table. What is the table? The table is in the kingdom. Setting up the judgments of Israel. To judge Israel, which is to judge the blessings and the cursings of Israel that are in our hands because of Jesus. Well, you know, I've... I've <laughs> administered the crucifixion to demons and, and the person's arms have gone out in the shape of the crucifixion and they screamed as the demons come out. That's right. <laughs> why? Why? Because Jesus was forced out of his body into my into your hands I commit my spirit guide. He, he was forced out of his body because his body wasn't working. It was, it was killed. It says he was marred more than any man. He was totally dead virtually before he even got on the cross by the whippings and the beatings and the torture that he suffered. So they put a put a blanket, a, a cloth over his face and smashed him and said, prophesy who hit me. He wouldn't have seen that coming. Just 
imagine that. So, so uh, this pain and suffering was inflicted on Jesus illegally by the demons and men siding with the demons and has to be paid back. Now, he was forced out of his body. Now the demon has to come out of his body too. See? We are his body. The demon must come out of his body because he was forced out of his body illegally. We must be healed because he was broken, his body striped illegally. And this way, his stripes, we are healed by his stripes. Cool, eh? Brother, it's very cool. So, you know, we know what to do, but, it, but understanding what it does helps. Uh, I plead the blood of Jesus. Well, you can plead it in many ways, but one of the good ways is you demon, you pay for the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is on your head. In fact, the blood is over them, covering them as it's on their head. Remember? The blood is on... The blood went to the ground. We're walking on the ground and they have to be put under our feet. So technically and legally, the blood is on the head. It's the blood is on their heads. It said, let their blood be on their heads. And yes, the payback and the blessing of the blood is on us. Actually, it's running through us because the life is in the blood. And if we're the body of Jesus Christ, where does the blood flow? flows in a body and this is the life of Jesus Christ flowing in us being the body of Christ so we we are walking around with the blood of Jesus flowing in us administering blessing and judgment according to the payback of the blood which is the riches in glory it's the glory of the bankruptcy of the universe because of the cross where the payback for the bloodshed of Jesus Christ can never be paid back and the ones who are guilty of shedding that blood can never pay it back. This is why the whole world is condemned because the whole world is guilty of the cross. But us, us being born again, technically and legally, were in Jesus as the seed being crucified. Now, this gives us the credit of being crucified. Now we can't be blamed for being the crucified earth. Peter, and let if me we think about. You yeah, go on. Oh no, you continue. No, go on. It's cool. <laughs> I wanted merely to say um, some have came against the term pleading the blood, and they're in error. Folks, it's not begging for anything. Someone say, well, you, you, why are you pleading the blood? They don't understand the use of this word. We're not talking about pleading in terms of begging. We're talking about the word plea, which is a legal term used in courts. It's an answer to a claim made by someone in a criminal case under common law using the adversarial system. That's what Wikipedia says it is. But in terms of what we're talking about here, if you ever go to a court, you say, they say, how do you plea? What's your answer? I plead guilty or I plead not guilty. And what you're doing is you are making a statement when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. You're claiming all the rights that come through the shed blood of Jesus Christ over the situation that you declare the blood. It's a declaration, if you will. 
It's an answer yes. to the enemy who's our adversary. We're not begging for anything here. We're talking about the term plea as it relates to legal rights that we have under the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Back to you, my brother. Yeah. So we know it works. Yes. But why it works, why it works is better to know. You know, knowing it works and why it works is more powerful than just knowing it works. Because you can use it in more authority, more faith. You can use it with, with better power and, and being convinced. So this is the pleading the blood is, is, is calling for the blessings in the blood to come into the situation. Yes. It's, it's calling the enemy to pay for the blood in the situation. Like, the blood has redeemed us, it's purchased us, and it will purchase the problem. You can, you can, you can buy the problem with the blood. <clears throat> I had somebody manifesting, and the demon said, we have a straitjacket for him. And I said, cool. I'll buy it with the blood, the body of Jesus Christ, hand it over. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> And I said, and now, since I'm the owner of the straitjacket, I order it burned. That's right. So guess what? They started complaining. Oh, no, oh, no, it's on fire. It's on fire. It's crazy, eh? But anyway, that's what they said. You're asserting your claim and, and rights, folks, when you say, I plead the blood of Jesus. Yes. You're Jesus, applying the blood of Jesus yes. to that situation. Back to you. Yeah, because through the blood, we own all things. Amen. Why? Why? Why do we own all things through the blood? What is that? It's the compensation for the blood given to the family of Jesus <laughs> that owns everything, man. Amen. <laughs> Amen? That's right. Now, if you want to let these spirits run around with everything, fine. But we are here to stop them, according to Ephesians. It goes on to say we don't wrestle people. We wrestle against demons. So we can stop them because... We are the ambassadors of Christ, being the family of Christ, being the born of Christ, Jesus Christ, and carrying the promise of Christ, carrying the blood of Christ, carrying the body of Christ, seated with Christ. We own all things. The meek have inherited the earth. In the name of Jesus, the meek have inherited the earth. And this is, these spirits went on to say, we're selling her to the loony bin. I said, cool, I hereby buy the loony bin with the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Now you have to sell it to me. Peter, does the word not say we've been bought with a price? Yes, it's a transaction. What and has been bought? We've yeah. been bought through the blood of Jesus. And so if, when someone's trying to prove ownership, they'll say, show me your title deed. Right Amen. here. It's called the blood of Jesus. He bought you with a price. Now get out, demon, in Jesus' name. Right. So You're there, is no right, there is no right to stay. What right has a demon to stay in the body of Jesus? It's not your body. Yes, we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We get born again, and Jesus owns it. You can't have a demon. The demon is illegal. It's in the body of Jesus. The cross is perfect for the payback that gets it out. It must come out. 
Apostle Paul said an interesting thing about Israel, and you know, and it, 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 it's it's interesting statement. He said, "I wish all Israel would be saved." And bear in mind, salvation is deliverance, among other things, but it's deliverance. So I wish all Israel would be saved. They have a zeal for God. And, and Paul's saying it's not good enough because it's not according to knowledge. And they try for their own righteousness instead of submitting to the righteousness that is of God. Well, what is the righteousness that is of God? Through one man sin entered the world and through one man it's being fixed up. The righteousness of God is we're being restored. He made us. He owns us. He's fixing us. So we submit and let God fix us. Get out of the way. Trust God to fix us. That is submitting to the righteousness. And he will. Why do I know he will? He died for it. He promised us. We don't have to have any special anything. We can read. He loved us. He sent his son to fix us. So this is how he's fixing us. We, But also, because of love, the pursuit of perfect love, he's given us kingship over our life with perfect authority too. So we can approve or deny the restoration. The demons have no choice because... They are judged. The God of this world is judged. And we are to execute that judgment. In this way, God smiles when he sees a payback for what he done. And it says in another place, it's the Father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's the will of God that they come out. For those that are wondering if they're ever going to come out. If, if those that are, have hard cases, you know, why aren't they leaving, why aren't they living? They will leave. You know, I, I had this uh, these spirits saying to this person, we're not leaving. They, they, they said, one of them said, you kicked out our friends, but I'm not going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, golly. They didn't want to go. I, they don't want to go. The, the definition of cast, right, oh. He invited the man to leave the nightclub. Or you got the picture, mental picture of the bouncers just throwing this guy out by the pants. So so cast is cast out. Yeah. Not invited out. That's right. (laughs) So they don't want to go. But in this way they're taught a lesson when they have to go. Amen. We cast him out by force in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And the simple faith. A simple faith of any believer will cast them out. Now, folks, we've been bought and paid for with a price. And God puts a hedge of protection around us. Much like you would purchase a piece of property, you put a put big a fence, fence around it. That's to keep the bad things out, right? However, if we go over there and we cut a hole <laughs> in that uh, <laughs> fence, things can get in. And that's what happens with sin. We can break the hedge that God puts around us for protection. The demons come in. It could be sexual sin. It could be using drugs. It could be using a number of substances or doing a number of things that God said don't do, which break down that wall, and then, hey, there's a breach, and the demons are going to come in. Now we're going to have to patch that by repenting, 
renouncing that sin so we can have the hedge up again, and then forcefully evicting those demons in the name of Jesus. You can also, though, have demons that come up to the wall, and, they, and you've given them keys to come right on in. And you say, how'd you get in here? You don't have no legal right to be here, really? God has allowed us to come in because you have disobeyed the Lord. He told you to forgive. And if you do not forgive, God says, Jesus says, Not do my Father have forgive you. And God sends the tormentors. So we can not only break the hedge and the demons come in, but we can give them legal rights to come right through your front door, and they're going to stay. And torment, harass, drive, even kill, steal, and destroy. If we don't deal with their legal right to be in there, which is unconfessed sin and not forgiving, once we forgive, repent, then you can kick those demons out. They've got no more rights to stay. So there's a couple dynamics here. I didn't want to paint the picture that just pleading the blood of Jesus means no demons can touch you. No. Well, Um, there's a scripture, Shannon. Yes. Great. You know, grace is available to all of us. Yes. And some preach... You can do anything you like. You're under grace. Yes. But the thing is, no, because the thing is, there's a scripture that says grace rules. Oh, how does grace rule? Good question. And and remember, God said it was by grace demons come out to Paul. So grace rules. How does grace rule? It says grace rules in righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Let's understand it. What is it? Some say it's right standing with God. Could it be the right thing? Because God is righteous. Who does he right stand with? So God rules in righteousness, which is the right thing. So what is sin? Always the wrong thing. It's offense. Cain killed Abel. There was no law that said you couldn't kill. So he broke no law, but he did the wrong thing. Sin, by definition, by implication, by any way you want to think about it, is offense in the wrong thing, offensive. So if we want grace in our life, and we need grace in our life, because it saves us, you've been saved by grace. We must let it rule in righteousness. Thus, you can't be just doing offense against everyone and expect to have grace ruling. Can't, doesn't work. It is the breastplate of righteousness that is the part of the full armor of God. Which brings me to the question, you know, a lot of, a lot of people prey on the full armor of God. I, I pray on the helmet of salvation, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is that you've got to live it. The armor of God only works when you live the armor. Faith by works, see? Faith by living the armor on. Therefore, the breastplate is only on when you live the righteousness. That's right. The belt of truth is only on when you when you have a love of the truth. You have the truth. The helmet of salvation is only on if you believe you're saved. If you've got the hope of salvation, then you've got the helmet on. You can't just pray it on. And you have to work to shed your feet with the gospel of peace. Learn to do the two things, healing and deliverance, which is the gospel of the kingdom has come. 
to those many running around without the armor on. And, and there's a reason God gave the armor to the saved. Oh, a Christian can't have a demon, can't they? We're casting them out of Christians all the time. That's right. You be cleansed in your spirit and your soul, flesh. Be cleansed without spot or wrinkle. What is a spot and wrinkle? A demon. Guile is a demon. We know when demons are operating because we see sin in action. Violent, you know, all the things the law says is wrong. We see all that in action. That shows us that there's a demon operating. When it doesn't make sense, where you're doing what you don't want to do, Paul says. Sin is working in the members. What is sin working in the members? It's a demon. It's this lying at the, the door. Yeah, this guy at the psychologist's office, he texts me after we do all this ministry, you know, a few days of ministry, I felt the best I've felt in 30 years. Amen. There's no, no answer at the psychiatrist's office. It's a demonic problem. Then the solution is the kingdom of heaven. All Amen. of it. Amen. So God just asks us in his love to make sure we stay protected. That's all. So he gave us a breastplate. He didn't have to, but he gave us one. And it's called the breastplate of righteousness. And also it's called the breastplate of judgment. And that breastplate will administer judgment on anyone that comes near you. That's how it operates. You want to stay protection? The devil wants to send demons to you. They'll burn in judgment when they get near you. That's how you stay protected. Through the righteous judgment. Another place, uh, God says, he'll cleanse Israel by the spirit of burning and the spirit of judgment. They go together. Yes. Brother, that's exactly right. Uh, we can't pray this on, folks. That's not how what this is talking about here. This is a picture of your spiritual armor that is only applied by taking action. In each of these different facets, just as you mentioned, uh, what is the definition of shotting your feet with the preparation of the gospel? You've got two feet, haven't you? Yes. So preparation means learning, doesn't it? Like prepare, get ready, get get equipped. You know, when an army prepares, what do they do? Boot camp, training, weapons, weapons. You know how to use them, qualified uh, planning, and all these things, right? Yes. So, 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 uh, how do you prepare your feet? Well, what has feet got to do with? It's got to do with the walk, hasn't it? It's walking. Yes. So, Romans one gives a clue. The natural shows us the unseen things of God. So we got two feet. God could have made us with one foot, or could have made us like a kangaroo, but He didn't. We didn't have a tail. So we got two feet. What are the two feet of the gospel? Preparation. What is the only thing you can prepare for with the gospel? Here is the kingdom of heaven. Come out, you demons. Be healed. See, this is the healing and deliverance, in my view, is the preparation to heal and deliver, to be able to share the gospel. You know, I had a story in Fiji. You know, the lady was a Hindu. I said, do you, I said, cool clubhouse, but do you want to meet the creator? She said, my knees are sore. She was 70. And I said, well, let's go ask maybe the creator might heal them for you. 
his name's Jesus, and he, she got healed. Wow. Is the, <laughs> there, and she got saved. So, so there is the preparation of the gospel. Now, if I wasn't prepared to do that, I couldn't do that. That was in Gloria Jean's coffee shop, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah. So, so who is getting prepared? There's the, 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 the workers are few. You want to please God, get prepared. Get into the work and please God. Jesus said, if you love me, feed my sheep. What, what is the feeding of a sheep? What is sheep's food? Sheep food is what Jesus did on the cross and made it available for us. The, the blood and the bread. Feeding people the blessing of the payback of the blood and the bread. That's sheep's food. We, we've got to help people find this food. You know? Peter, and, that's and exactly this, right. It's not saying... It's not quoting that scripture saying, I shod my feet with the preparation of the gospel. Folks, that's not... That's not what it's talking about here, and that's not how you do that. No, it's, it's like saying I'm a I'm a brain surgeon, you know. Uh, oh, I pray now. I'm a I put on the mind of a brain surgeon. I pick up my scalpel, ready to slice. No, folks, that'll do nothing. No good for you. Isaiah fifty. <laughs> Isaiah fifty-two seven said, "How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings, that publishes peace, that brings good tidings of good, that publishes salvation." It says unto Zion, thy God reigns. Romans 10, 15, it was referring to it. It said when, and how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Folks, Man. if we're going to carry good. the gospel out there, we've got to get in the word. We've got to study to show ourselves approved. A workman that needeth yes. not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel, I see that as getting in the word of God. Studying it so that when as God presents the opportunity, you can go out and carry the gospel wherever you go, wherever you travel, just as you did, and then you can have signs that follow. And practice by doing. Amen. Start start doing it, man. Like try and cast out some devils. Try and cast, try and heal some sick. You'd yeah. be surprised. God might just do it. You might get a big surprise. I did. <laughs> uh, sometimes some, some things happen and I go, wow, wow, like, you know, ooh, but I can see the love of God working here. Peter, and, and what you say is true. Some have said, well, that's only for a few, only God calls a few, that's their calling. Folks, it's everybody's calling. It's the great calling of all of us. Mark 16, go ye into the world and preach the gospel. And those that receive that and are baptized, they're saved. And I'm paraphrasing now. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. It's not for a few. It's do you believe? If you do believe, then you're going to be doing it sooner or later. Yeah. Try it. And, and how do you know you believe? You'll have the signs. And if you don't have the signs, how do you know you believe? It's a good question. I believe that's it a living I asked myself that question. A long time ago, and I went out and saw and tried to see if I believe. And the first person I prayed for got healed of arthritis in the hand. Sure. Hallelujah. Wow. I believe. Now I know I believe. Folks, do you believe what Jesus said? He said, in my name you shall cast out devils. He said, I've given you authority, power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. And he says, don't be afraid, because nothing shall any wise harm you. Yes. Do you believe what he said? 
Yeah. And let's have a look at this passage in Ephesians. We can go on. For this cause, as verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. That's our family name, man. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, this is the payback of the blood, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That's be made stronger. You know, if you don't use it in this business with God, you lose it. Take that talent of the guy that didn't use it and give it to the one who had everything. Those that have more will be given more. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love. Kingdom of heaven is love, by the way. That you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. And that happens through the greater many promises that's given to us, that we know the love of Christ. Or do we know about Jesus Christ or do we know his love? See, when I see someone get delivered, I see the love in action. Amen. Peter, if Jesus has given us things, and he has, he says, I give you power and authority. Would he give it to us and not want us to use it, folks? Yeah, that'd be stupid, wouldn't it? That wouldn't make sense, would it? Do you believe that Jesus means what he says, or are we calling him a liar through our doubt and unbelief? If he said he's done it, he's done it. And if he says this is a sign that will follow them that believe. It'll follow. Do you believe? (laughs) He didn't say this was a sign that would follow them only that went to Moody Bible College first and got a degree in biblical studies. Folks, if you're looking to learn about the full gospel ministry of Jesus Christ, you're not going to find it in most Bible schools. Because I'm here to tell you, they don't do training on spiritual warfare and deliverance, by and large. You get it by going out and doing it. Yep, you can learn it in your backyard, down the street, at the bus stop, where I'm learning it in the op shop. Jesus preached the gospel, and that was followed by signs and wonders. He didn't say you can do it only if you're a man. He didn't say uh, you can do it only if you have prophetess before your name or apostle before your name. No, he said, and these signs shall follow them. That means you and I that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. That's the great commission. People trying to think, well, what's God want me to do? I'm standing by, just waiting for him to tell me and call me on the phone. Folks, he's not going to call you on the phone. He called you and I 2,000 years ago. In his word, it's been printed, sitting there. All you got to do is read it and believe. And believe me, he will open up divine appointments as you pray. Um, And you'll have a lot of fun. Brother. You'll You'll finally be walking in your call, and no one can say anything about you. You can be walking in power. Yes. Uh, administrating God's love and doing exploits and have a great time. Might be lonely, but you'll have a great time. Amen. Folks, we're looking for exploits as a future tense verb. No, it's in the now, right now. Today is a right. day of exploits, folks. We're looking Today. for it tomorrow or sometime in the near future. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to begin to do exploits. What are we going to start when we're dead? There was a man, uh, a friend of mine, Rich Keltner, approached up in the Northeast, went up to talk to him about maybe using his church facility 
to do a, uh, a meeting, do a mass deliverance, uh, spiritual warfare conference. And they got to talking. The man invited him in his office, and he said, uh, well, you know, I, I believe in spiritual warfare. In fact, over there, I've got a manual on it. And uh, <laughs> he says, but I'm just waiting for the Lord to activate me. Yeah. Now, the man was pushing 80 years old. He's waiting for God to call him on the phone and tell him it's time to go into the ministry. Folks, that's just kind of a picture of some of us out there or where we were at one time or where we may be presently. Don't wait. The well, command I, has already I been given. Stepped, yeah, I just stepped out in faith. I signed a lease for six months on the community center. Wow. To two, two nights a month for, for deliverance training, exorcism school. Awesome. So, <laughs> Peter, Peter Johnson and Jimmy are coming. Awesome. And uh, we're, we're going to be starting now mass deliverances and training people who want to be involved. Because, man, I've been around all over the places and asking them, can I use the facilities? And they, they all say no. So we're going to do it ourselves now. If we wait you. on the invite, it's not going to happen, folks. I'm here to tell you because oh. most churches don't want any part of this because they've got um, demons in the church which are going to fight tooth and nail to keep it from getting in because it means people are going to be set free. Other times for other reasons, fear, ignorance, what have you? Money. Money? Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the money being challenged because people don't come because of the dirty business of people vomiting in buckets. You know, who wants to go there and watch that? But the thing is, that's the real battlefront. You know, the war is a dirty business. Folks, so. when are we going to start serving the Lord? When we're 92? <laughs> It'll be too late. There won't be much left of you and I then if we wait much longer. Today's a day to get working for Jesus. Saying, Lord, here I am. We've been given the commission over Mark 16 to do it, the Great Commission. Jesus has given us the authority, so we have the legal right to do it. He's issued weapons, just like if you're hired to be a police officer or a sheriff. Number one, they're going to give you the commission. means the legal authorization to do it. They're going to give you a badge. They're going to give you arrest powers. Okay, and they're going handcuffs. to give you handcuffs. Handcuffs. Today you have body armor issued to you. You probably have a AR-15. Folks, we've got spiritual weapons and body armor. We've got the... Um, stun gun. We've got it all, folks. And we're sitting here <laughs> and we just put it in our closet and go on hey, about our a, way. Here's a thought. It's it's the resurrection. Like, like res Realize that we're, the Bible says we're not fixed until we're resurrected we're so incorruptible so we're all subject to corruption until we're resurrected we're raised incorruptible and we're at, at the judgment with jesus and 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 shannon say you're standing there right and then you hear a noise to the uh, to the right of you and a, and a big black gate opens and along comes a train of demons all chained chained up together and, and they're paraded. These are the demons that Shannon cast out. How cool. Here, it, here is all the people that got saved through the ministry. And Please everyone's go. applauding and saying, well done. Oh, man, look at that. And there's little demons and bigger demons all chained up. 
and the demons are looking down at their feet being paraded as prisoners of war. That could happen. That's right. That could happen. Who knows what will happen at the judgment seat. But I think that credit will be given where credit is due. No question about it. There's a judgment seat of Christ coming where the righteous end up and we're judged on the basis of the awarding of works. I mean, the awards based on the works we did. Now, we're not saved by works. It's a gift of God. It's the fruit. Amen. It's the fruit of, fruit of the gift. It's but, to go and do using the fruit. But faith without works is dead, and we've been given a command a command to go out and do these things for Jesus. Preach the gospel. Cast that devil. Do what Jesus did. Lay hands on the sick that they recover. And if we're not doing this, folks, we're in disobedience to the Lord. He didn't save it's us. it's not faith. It's not faith. If you're not living your faith, it doesn't exist. Did Jesus come up to the apostles when he called them to follow him and say, Would you like to be saved? Yes. Okay, repeat after me now. I'll see you <laughs> when you die. Go back to fishing. <laughs> Go back and uh, continue collecting taxes. No, folks. <laughs> he said, pick up your cross and follow me. We lay our lives down, we follow Jesus. And we may have to lay our physical lives down all the way before the Lord Jesus comes back. There will be martyrs. There are martyrs today. Yep. But he who seeks to save his life will lose it. He that will lose his life for Jesus' sake shall save it, the word says. But God has a yep. job for you and I out there. And you're hearing just some of the, t the amazing testimonies that are happening out there in the Gold Coast. Because you said yes to Jesus many years ago, Peter. God opened up a mighty door, and he's bringing people to your door that need help. They may come in you know, looking for a sofa, but God brought them in for another reason. Mm. So, you know, the beautiful feeling it is when someone texts you, thank you for saving my life. Someone who is suicidal texts you, thank you for saving my life. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and the feeling of that is so cool. Peter, many times the people who commit suicide, they were reported as being at a party the day before or last week or... They, they were at the family function on the phone, and they were so happy. And you didn't even yep. see it coming many times. And then they're gone. Folks, you never know what impact you may have sometimes. But when you'll put life on hold, and you'll minister to the people that God gives you. Be praying you never know them. what you can do, you know. It could be that day that just turned everything around. It could have been... That call that if you had not taken, you did not know they were about ready to commit suicide. And the enemy would have yeah. taken another one out in a body bag. Or that demon that was not casted out today was going to take them out tomorrow. Again, I say the demons you don't kick out today may be the ones that take you out in a body bag tomorrow. Deliverance is a yeah. children's bread. It's for everybody. And if we're not doing that, we're not sharing the gospel, we're not casting out devils, we're not praying for the sick that they can be healed, Folks, we're in dereliction of duty, and we've got blood on our hands. We're not using our talents. We're not using our talents if we don't do that. See, salvation is a lifelong thing. 
Salvation is healing and deliverance restoration. Isaiah you know, chapter up there somewhere 42 or something says, uh, there's none to deliver. None, none says restore. You know, that my people are bound in cages. There's none that says restore. Are we going to be the none that says restore or the one that says restore? It's the difference. Salvation is a lifelong thing. If we leave the people with their demons... That, who knows what those demons will do in the future? They'll kill them. They'll, they'll kill their family. And eventually they'll get enough together and rise up and take that person out. We're administering life by casting out the demons. Those people might turn away from Jesus because the demon talked them into it and be eternally lost. This might be all right today, but gone tomorrow, a shipwreck in their faith. It's it's not good. It's not good. We, you know, uh, this this girl uh, that I've prayed for, and, and she 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 said I saved her life, and she's going really well now. And the demons were really speaking nastily. Had to go to get a psychiatrist report, and uh, the psychiatrist said, "Oh, just wiggle your toes, just uh, move your neck, and think about being on a beach. How does that help?" <laughs> and she said, "Oh man." And she's laughing, thinking, little does the psychiatrist know what just happened a few weeks ago. And it makes it worse, because <laughs> I live in Antarctica. And I'm not going to get to the beach anytime soon. <laughs> and I'm seeing whales coming at me. Oh, golly. So it's like, the world has no answers. You know? i got a schizophrenic, schizophrenic all his life. He, he just spewed in a bucket, looked up and said, the voices are gone. I don't know myself anymore. Met him the other day. They're all gone. Still gone. And that's one less set of demons who can go in anyone else because we're casting them and binding them, banning them from the earth into the pit. Absolutely. I don't tell them just say come out so they can go down the road and attack someone else. I, I take them out of commission. That's it. Come out and go that's to where it, the Lord man. Jesus Christ sends you or go to the yep. pit and remain there till judgment day in Jesus' that's name. It. You know, Matthew 10, 38 says, and he who does not take his cross, this is Jesus speaking, and follow after me is not worthy of me. Folks, it's not an option. That's the Lord Jesus you know Christ himself yeah. saying, we must pick up our cross and follow him if we yeah. want to make you know it. What our you know what I realized our cross is? Tell me. It's the judgment for the blood. It's the payback. We've been crucified with Christ and need a payback too. It's the payback. Take up your weapon of payback, which is the cross. It's in Judges chapter 4. Uh, J.L. nails C. Sierra with a tent peg. We're, aren't we not a tent? Is, is the cross not a peg? Nailed him through the temple. Type and shadow of the cross nailing Satan into the ground, the curse. We need to take our cross and nail the demons with it. Smack them with it. I'll say sometimes, I yes. lay on you, you demon, the burden of the cross. Mm. And they go, ah, we can't bear that. <laughs> like that. Because the, because the burden of the cross, Jesus couldn't bear it. And it was mankind, a man helped him. And God says he doesn't lay on us anything we can't bear. So what was that for? That was for the devil, a burden that he cannot bear. And men that side with the bird, with the devil will have burdens they cannot bear. So, Peter, you, you want to try that one day. It's so funny. 
you know, I'm going to write that one down and <laughs> add that to the weapon list. Folks, Luke 9.23 says, Jesus said unto all of them, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily. Follow me. Luke 14.27 And whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Folks, do you and I want to be the disciple of Jesus Christ? Then we have to obey what he's told us to do. Pick yep. up our cross daily. Follow him. Or we yep, cannot day, be his man. disciple. We're kidding ourselves. Yep. He, he didn't is. say, take up your guitar and sing songs and praise me every day. He didn't say, go and prophesy. He said, take up your cross, which is a judgment stick, and cast out the demons. Heal the sick. Demons coming out and healing are very related because they, they make the body sick by being in the body. Folks, it's not a special calling for just a few. It's a it's calling everyone. for everyone, man, woman, boy, and girl, to get involved in this end-time ministry and do exploits for Jesus. He's yeah. not going to do times, it for us. Hey, yeah. How many times people say to you, I've got this problem, I've got that problem. And then as you open, oh, we can pray for that. We can Absolutely. Pray for that. It's as simple as that. You know, you can do adventure evangelism, ambush evangelism. You know, when you spend your money, hold on to the money and give them, I've got my rewards. Jesus is coming soon. You need to call on the name of Jesus. Then pay for your newspaper. It's it's really easy. Um, I'm still witnessing the one a day plus, which was my little goal. We can witness. That's 365 people a year. That's 3,650 people in 10 years. Wow. You're going to meet in heaven. You're going to meet them. Don't you want to have some that you meet in heaven that, that are going to love you because you, you cared about them enough to share? I do, brother. And you know that works, asking them a question, what's going on with you? We've yeah, had opportunities through that to pray with Hindus and everyone. Muslims just in a taxi that we met them on a short cool. trip back home. And we got to talking. Would you like us to pray? Jesus can help you. Brother, I don't think we've been turned down yet. Wow. Might pray right there in the taxi. I've had several yeah. times to read. I was getting out, unlocking the gate here, going to go in the house. And Rita said, hey, uh, they want to come in for prayer. And I didn't understand what she was saying in Bahasa. But she'd been planting a seed, and they they bid on it. And they said, yeah, I would like prayer. And we prayed and seen bondage break. A man that came in and gave to us a little piece of wood he was carrying around in a piece of paper stuffed into his wallet that the shaman gave him. That was to bring him oh. success. We burnt that thing. Broke cool. that yoke in Jesus' name. We prayed for people and yeah. led people to forgive others. Yes. Shared the gospel, planted the seed with them. We had a lady that came in the other day, brought in from a friend that we met when we first got here, Hindu woman named Katut. She got saved, received Jesus, got delivered. Still getting some more deliverance as God shows her other things. And uh, she brings in a lady with her, 18-year-old girl. A week ago, who's having trouble at home? Hindu girl. And she came in, we invited her, gave her something to drink, sat her at the kitchen table with us. We asked her what was going on. Her mother had died. 
her father had been cheating on the mother before her death and still was with a mistress. And she would just break out into fits of rage. She was angry. Angry at him. He was abusing her a little bit verbally. And we, she was willing to forgive her dead and even forgive the lady that was cheating on her mother at the time. And um, we then asked her, would she like prayer? We invited her to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. She did. And my wife, Narita, noticed something that was on her wrist, which I've started to notice now, now that I know what to look for. It's a little colored woven bracelet. Mm. And apparently it's not meant to be taken off. Mm. They put on you as part of a ceremony when you go to see a shaman at one of the temples. And it's to give you good luck. Well, it's bringing demons into their, their lives is what they don't realize. and It's a contract. It's an agreement, a contract, see? There you go. And so what happened? Mama Narita asked her about it and said, you need to get rid of that thing. It's not helping you. It's hurting you. Can we cut it off? And she nodded her head. We got a pair of scissors. They cut it off. And then I looked at it for a while. And while they were continuing to talk to her, Narita and uh, Katut with this young girl, I took it over and put it on the stove and set it on fire. And it cool. it took a while <laughs> to burn it. <laughs> but finally, it all went up into black and uh, destroyed it. Wow. And the demon attached to it. Yes. It's just a simple invitation. Would you, would you like us to pray for you? God can move in your situation. I haven't found too we many can, people that will turn that down, brother. Yeah, we can throw off, we can throw off the um, feeling timid about it all, the walk in boldness with fearing not, and be respectful to people. But yes. you can ask them the question. Like I asked them, I, I asked them, like, who do you say Jesus is? Yes, I was. Interested. I'm interested to know who you'd say. It's a bit like saying, I'm interested to know what are you doing later. But, but who do you say Jesus is? And, you know, I had one yesterday. He's 80 years old, very sick. He's going to meet Jesus real soon. Wow. And, and and he put his hands up like this. Oh, no, I'm not religious, you know. And uh, I, I was able to tell him, you know, that, that I believe Jesus. This is a good one. You say you believe Jesus loves you and the creator who made you loves you and uh, he wants the best for you. But we need to call on his name to get the best. These are sorts of things, you know, you can plant in people's thoughts and get them thinking along the lines. Yes. Because the devil's got everyone asleep heading full on into the pit. So how can you love your neighbor and let him fall in the pit? Man, how can you let someone you're interacting with and you may not interact with again walk past you? It's like, oh, I, I can't do that. If you really believe, you can't do that have to say something be always on the lookout and learn which is the preparation of the gospel prepare yourself to share the gospel you can role play with friends you can think and meditate on it you can test it and try it oh today there's a chance i can try that and you'll find yourself being able to walk more as you learn more about the preparation and be prepared more so, Peter, you know, we learn apprenticeships, don't we, by doing. What you're describing here, folks, uh, hearing described to you as revolutionary in today's day and time, 
This is going back to doing what Jesus did and the early disciples did. And somehow or another, we fell away from it. This is what it's all about. This is ministry. Yeah, don't worry about inviting them to church. Just, just, uh, just ask them to think about Jesus. Because remember, Jesus did it this way, and this was a revelation I got, just an understanding. Jesus said to Peter, "Who do you say I am?" And then he said, "Blessed are you, Peter, that God has showed you." So we can practice that with others. Who do you say Jesus is? And let God tell them. If God tells them, they're not going to lose it. If you tell them. Someone else can tell them. But God told Peter, so Peter was blessed. So this is a prayer. Dear God, please reveal yourself to them. Then ask them, who do you say Jesus is? And shut up and wait <laughs> and see what they say. Don't worry about the answer. But have faith. God's going to show them the answer. Now then, it's up to them to deny or accept the answer. Absolutely. We can't save anybody. Folks, the Holy Spirit has to draw them to God. But God can use you and I to plant the seed. Because mm-hmm. he's sharing the joy of that with us forever. It's a love gift from God for us to save our brothers and sisters. We can lead someone to the cross of Jesus. We can plant that seed. Now they may say, yes, I would like to receive Jesus today. Or they may just look at you and take in what you've said and go home and think about it. You may or may not see him again. But God can bring someone else to water it. God gives the increase. Yeah, it it gives the increase. It it may prey on their mind for weeks like some testify. Oh, that guy talked to me like the little man from George Street. Are you saved? That's all he asked people. And it preyed on their mind for weeks and weeks and weeks. Even a high-ranked church official. It preyed on his mind. (laughs) You know, so, yeah. Have faith that God will save them. Folks, don't look for a perfect situation to set itself up. There's never a perfect situation. And some will say, well, I won't cast a demon out of someone unless they come to Christ. Folks, you show me where in the word of God that was a prerequisite to casting out a demon. Paul didn't ask the lady who was vexing him by following him everywhere, the girl that was being used by her handlers. As no, she, a, uh, she didn't sit a down and... Uh, and fill out a form. No, he didn't say, first, I want to sit you down and lead you to the cross. And then I'm going to cast your demon out because you're irritating me. He turned around <laughs> and rebuked that devil in the name of Jesus, and she lost her powers. The, That's the right, point. because it's between us and the devils. It's nothing to do with the person. Now, granted, it's, just where they, it's just where they live, in that person. Granted, I'm quick to explain to someone, look, if you want to maintain your freedom, you've got to give your life over to Jesus. That's a different That's your story. only defense, but... We've had situations where, hey, I'm minding my own business here in the house. We had uh, two guys that came over to do some work. They're young guys. And um, Mama Narita was managing them downstairs in the kitchen, doing whatever they'd come over to do. I forget what it was now. But she came up to me and said, hey, can you come down a minute? And I came down, and she said, this young man would like prayer. Now, he's a Hindu man. He's never worshipped Jesus in his life. Never been to a church. Hindu his whole life. Probably comes from a bloodline of family that have been Hindus for hundreds of years. Yet he's got a problem. His wife is estranged, meaning she's left him. His mother-in-law convinced her to leave, take the baby. He's distraught because he loves this woman that he's married to, but the mother-in-law doesn't like him. 
and is exerting witchcraft control over her. And he's trying to call her, but can't get her answer. And went looking for her, and, and no one knows where she's at. They put her in hiding. So he's distraught. And he's beside himself, and he says, uh, on top of that, I got a headache, and I feel dizzy. Something's going on with my body. I believe that my mother-in-law has cursed me. Now, they know about curses over here because people regularly go to shamans to have them put spells on people, love potions. You know, they do that over here. Oh, God. Um, to make someone love them, they go to a shaman and get them to cast a spell. So they people use shamans over here for, for multiple purposes, for healings. You know, they, they go to the dark side for help. So... It would not be uncommon then for him to be experiencing what he knew existed in this culture where people do witchcraft against one another. And he believed that his mother-in-law had been doing it against his uh, wife to turn her almost into a zombie where she would be uh, pliable to whatever her mother wanted her to do. And at the same time, he said, I believe somebody's praying against me doing witchcraft. I got these headaches. I'm dizzy. Well, what am I going to do, Peter? Am I going to say, I'm sorry. Unless you come to Jesus, I'm not going to pray for you. <laughs> no, folks, but no. someone would take that attitude. Come on, have faith, folks. So what we did is we sat down and uh, we had him forgive his mother-in-law. If, in fact, she was doing that, would you forgive her? We explained for you to be forgiven, you need to forgive. That's what Jesus said. Yeah. He was willing to forgive her. We led him through a prayer to release his mother-in-law. And his wow. wife, if she had done anything against him. And then we began to pray. And, brother, I hadn't gotten as far as, in the name of Jesus, I bind a strong man. And he began to puke and began oh. to retch. And uh, I said, oh, man, I forgot about the bag. It had been a while. <laughs> Thank God Narita oh, got golly. one. Dude, he filled up <laughs> one plastic bag, filled oh, up a golly. second one. Thank God we don't have carpet here because it would have been nasty. My brother, oh, wow, there wasn't much effort. In the name of Jesus, come out. We begin to hit these demons. Yeah. And this guy was just puking his brains out, and his friend was looking on like, what the heck's God, going on this? in there? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. Brother, we broke that witchcraft <laughs> off him in the name of Jesus, blessed him, asked God to pour out his goodness, mercy, and grace in him, and save him in Jesus' name. Wow. Well, it was so stinky inside the kitchen afterwards. We had to open up the doors and air out the place. And he he took his bag, plastic bag, tied it over and took it out and dropped it in the garbage can. And we had to mop up the floor just in case there was any remnant in there. And, you know, his friend, uh, he looked over at his friend and said, hey, you want prayer next? And his friend's eyes got big. <laughs> uh, he's, he ran. He ran. He basically, ran. he did. And so uh, we, prayed, <laughs> we prayed for people one time. This two ladies came in and. This lady uh, was watching as her friend was getting prayer, and I literally saw her in her chair grab her purse around her chair. Well, she was about ready to dash out of there. I was watching, though. Any second, <laughs> she could have just jumped and ran. She didn't know what was going to happen next. But you know what? Praise God. We loved on them. I never saw that guy again. I don't know where he's at today. But I know that God did something for him. He felt the, the difference. We prayed for restoration of his family. And, you know, I don't know where he's at, but I did what I could do. Well, I that's was our responsibility. Tell yeah. me. I was at, 
this is be ready at all times in season, out of season. Yeah. Uh, uh, we were bringing the yacht back and we were at Yamba and the skipper wanted to uh, see the football final. So we went to the bowling club and we were in the bar watching the football final. And there was this uh, guy there. He was uh, looked like half-cast Aboriginal guy. And he looked a bit uh, weary. And um, anyway, I was just chatting to him. And next thing, he screws his face up and starts looking at me through one eye. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so uh, I go, who are you? <laughs> what are you looking at? And he went back, clenched his fist beside himself like the Hulk and went, He's mine, he's mine, at the top of his voice, <laughs> right in front of everyone in the bar. So uh, I said, no, he's not. How did you get in there? And he goes, Black Richards. So um, his name was Bruce, I think, and I said, Bruce, you, you uh, come up, you demon, get down out of his mind. And the guy took three or four paces backwards and uh, said, what was that? And uh, I said, explained to him, you know, that it's demons, and he said, get it out of me, and I, and, I, and I was able to say to him, you know, you need to be calling on the name of Jesus, you need to receive Jesus, then we'll get, we'll get it out, we'll call on the name of Jesus to save you, and he did, right there in the bar, and right in front of everyone in the bar, I cast these demons out of this guy, I actually gave him a big hug, and he burped them out all over my shoulder like a baby, but uh, this is where we can be bold. All the people gathered, like a lot of people gathered around, some didn't bother. And right in front of everyone, they saw the kingdom of heaven come. See? So this is Luke chapter 10, verse 9. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, the kingdom of God has come nigh unto you. So here it is saying, minister first, and then say the kingdom's done it. Kingdoms. Amen. Amen. What did Jesus do <laughs> when he went to the gathering demoniac? He didn't first preach the gospel. He dealt with the situation at hand and cast that devil out. And then the man was in his right mind and wanted to follow Jesus. That's right. It's deliverance first, follow second. It doesn't have to happen in the order, we think. Absolutely. Any, any single way. Amen. Sometimes yeah. the demons are keeping people from being able to receive the gospel that would be preached. Okay, some people must first experience the power of God before they're going to believe in the God that you're going to preach. That's right. They may need a healing. That's why God will do miraculous healings. And they say, wow, that's supernatural. Yes, I will pay attention to what you want to tell me about Jesus Christ who just did that for me. So don't let anybody tell you you can't cast a demon out of someone um, who's not saved. Come on. That's an, that's an oxymoron there. Then you got groups that say you can't cast a demon out of anybody who's saved. So I guess, who do we cast demons out of? Probably them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so praise the Lord. Satan doesn't cast out Satan. So right. uh, there's a scripture that says, you know, those that have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. There's nothing to do with them. So what is the power? It's the kingdom of heaven. It's the, the power. Uh, Paul says, I don't come with persuasive speech. You know, I come with the power. So, you know, the question is, have you got the power? We've got to wait in Jerusalem, which means the teaching of peace and get the power. Get the power, man. So, 
Amen. Uh, God, God will give the power to one who's sincere, who who is add virtue to his faith, and going to use it correctly. You know, and 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 you get the power. You can't get the power like the evil Simon the sorcerer who wanted it to make money. You get the power to have love for your brother and sister to help them in in honesty and sincerity, because you know. As you know, Shannon, the deliverance takes effort, doesn't it? It does. You're literally wrestle many times. And, and you're doing it for free. You're doing it to help your Amen. fellow man. Amen. And, and you're doing it in love to help them. And your reward is the joy. You know, so you, your joy. Brother, in fact, we have to let people know, hey, come on here and pray. There's no charge. And you yeah. say, well, why would you say that? Because... To get any help over here from the dark side, the shamans the shamans charge money. And people have told us, you know, they went to the shaman, they paid X number of dollars for the to be prayed for, and we say, Look, there is no charge. Jesus already paid for it. Come on in, let okay. us pray for you. We'll pray. It's free. And uh, Love is free, right? You can't buy love, can you? Love is free. Uh, if if if, if you have to pay pay for love, it's not free. It's, no, it's not love. It can't be love if it's paid for. If you have to pay for it, it's not a gift, is it? No. It's free, man. Grace is free. If you if you pay for grace, it's a purchase. It's not grace. Now, Jesus so had to pay for it, but he's already paid that bill in full. Yeah. And what he gives and, you and, and I is a gift. Yes. So this is the love. You know, if you're operating in love, you really care for the person. Well, if you're trying to build a name and a ministry and that, that's not love in my book. It's just you, you go and go and be a servant. Go and help them. You know, and, and, and we're just asking God to help and then standing there watching God help, watching him love the people. That's amazing. I get amazed what God's doing. I just can't believe it half the time. I shouldn't say that, but it's like I can't. It's just like, wow, wow. Wow, look at that. This this person was, was into all of this stuff. Look, I, I prayed for someone that was like, I'm not going to mention all the stuff, but into stuff like like this. And then the person got delivered, then repented. And, and even God took away all the people in their life that was causing all their problems. Like not, not in time, the next day. <laughs> Yes. So maybe God, God knew they were going to repent, and they got delivered. You know, God's not mocked, Dave. Eh? He knows everything. So sincerity is the key. And and if you're sincerely, sincerely loving someone to help someone, God will come and back you up. He'll do it because He does that. He loves that. I believe. That's what I believe of course, does. He does. Because how many was it that day where Jesus healed? I think He twelve like twelve people, and uh, one hmm. only one came back. Do you remember that? The ten, the ten lepers. The ten. Ten lepers. Now, did he pre-qualify and say, uh, I'm not going to heal you unless you follow me and receive me as your Lord and Savior? <laughs> he didn't say that. Now, what he, he did is he them. loved on them. He healed them all. And yeah. what happened? Nine of them walked away. They never came back. One of them, th- one of them did. And then he said, Go and sin no more and let something worse come unto you. Naturally, we know if you want to maintain your your deliverance, your freedom. If you want to Let's have the gift of eternal life, then you do need to follow Jesus. Make a commitment for him. Get filled up. 
and there'll be no pl- give no place to the devil. And then we submit to God, resist the devil, and the devil's going to flee. Naturally, you and I who are saved, we know this. That that's, uh, the, that's what we all need to do. But don't let anybody stop and stop you from ministering, saying, well, if they're not saved, then you can't pray for them. You can't we cast out the demon. We never know what God's going to do. And we never know. Remember this one, Shannon. Amen. This comes to mind. The, the lady with the issue of blood. Remember, uh, come and touch Jesus' garment in the crowd. Yes. And, and, got, and got healed, right? Now, she was classed as unclean because anyone with an issue of blood couldn't go to the temple. So that the normal course of uh, ministry was closed to her for all those years. But... The thing about that is, is that did Jesus know who she was? Did did he qualify her? Did he know her problem? And the answer was no. That the spirit, the heart of God Almighty, did it without Jesus' knowledge. Yes. He said, "Who touched me?" So he he didn't know. And this is where we our faith we just pray for people that trust in god almighty the spirit of god knowing yes. what to do what's what well, happens <laughs> miraculous things happen sid roth gives testimony of when he goes to jerusalem israel <clears throat> meets there he'll have a room full of people maybe 200 people jewish people raised jewish they don't know jesus as their messiah and what does he do? Does he win them for Jesus by preaching the gospel first? No. What he does is he prays for them. Wow. And through, they're looking for a sign first. And yes. when miraculous healings happen that they know happen as a result That's of God, then he gives an altar call and people run up. And he gets like 99% to receive Jesus Christ, Yeshua is their Messiah, because they've wow. seen the power of God fall. Wow. We only yeah. limit we limit the Lord, and not stepping out in faith as He directs and puts people in our path. Yeah, Love that's having faith. God will do it. He'll do it. Like Amen. I said to this lady, maybe God will heal you. Right? And that, maybe that doesn't sound like words of faith, but it was like it's up to God. It's optional to God to heal her. Yes. But but I know through the eyes of love, he'll never say no. <laughs> he'll never say no. So, yes, he looks at the highest and best thing for the person. And we don't know that highest and best thing. So pray with the faith that God loves us and watch him move. See what happens. Uh, there's nothing to lose. How can we lose? You can't lose. Can't lose. Brother, we'll pray for anybody who says yes. And you know what? We'll share the gospel with them. Some will receive Jesus. Others will not. They go their way, but they've heard the gospel presented. They've been told Jesus loves them. We've had somewhere we've only been able to speak in the taxi. It was a short ride. Yeah. We told a Muslim man. We challenged him. Challenge you. Ask Jesus if he is real to reveal himself to you. That's a good one. That's a good one. I, I, said, I say a similar thing. What do you say? Wouldn't you, I say, wouldn't you like to know the truth? You can't just take my word for it. 
wouldn't you like to know the truth? Why don't you pray and ask the creator of everything to show you the truth? Because Jesus is the truth. And they look at me. Okay. Okay. Let's pray. Dear Father God, the creator, let us know the truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what's God going to do with that? <laughs> what can God do with that? Oh, he can do a lot. Oh, wow. He can actually wow. show up in their dreams. As Muslims are reporting, Jesus appearing in the dream. Yeah. Not one night, but three nights in a row. Hindus reporting the same. Yeah. I know because I've had two people that knew of these cases where that happened. Wow. A Muslim, a Hindu, had Jesus appear to them. One wow. of them said, Allah or Jesus, whoever is real. Show me yourself. And Jesus appeared three nights in a row and they became saved. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Yeah. Because, you know, there has to be these sort of things that God knows how to get them out of these traps. Because some of these things are very big traps, like they're trapped in the families. I bet the Muslims here. They want to believe, but they, they can't leave their family. Like, like if they believe, they're finished in the family. And, and it's a big bondage. And it needs, you know, a big revelation to, to get them out of that bondage sometimes. Whatever God knows what it takes. But we, as the servants of God, can just minister what we're told to do. Give the good news and then leave it to God to deliver the kingdom of heaven. Folks, you're not going to always say the perfect words. Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? <laughs> Pray and saying, Lord, put somebody in my path this week that I can minister to. I can share the gospel. I can pray for them. Take them through some deliverance. Watch what God does. He'll set you up. I'm going to pray that again tonight. I'd like to have someone to pray for this week. Come in here and be able to uh, uh, meet them like we had last week. I say it's exciting. It's an adventure. Before we close in prayer, Peter, I want you to give out your contact information. How can people reach okay. you in the ministry? And... Um, Cool. Support the work you're doing. All right, I'm I'm on uh, Facebook, Peter Whiffen, which is W H for Harry, I for Igloo, double F for Fred, I for Igloo, N for Nally, on Facebook or on Hotmail. Um, HisKingdomsTable.com is a uh, website, and there's everything free, downloads there, booklet, deliverance at the table, and NamesAmplificationBible.com is the Bible that's printed. With all the meaning of the names in it. So that's that's me. And I'm um, at the Community Op Shop down in uh, the Gold Coast, uh, 3 Stephen Street, Southport. If you're in the area, come and say hello. Have a cuppa. Have a cup of coffee. <laughs> and uh, we can have fun. Peter, I want you to yeah. uh, put together something for me for the magazine. If you've got any articles or anything you'd like to put in there, you got four weeks to get it to me. I can get it into all issue right. five. Also, okay. if you all come up with a one-page flyer or whatever you can get for me with information on where you're going to meet um, to do those meetings, I want to put it up on the website and publicize it. Okay, Help cool. get the Thank word out. Uh, Thank you. That would be great. How did this time work for you? Uh, this time's good. I've, I've, I've been going nearly seven days, and uh, I realize you can't do that forever. So. No. Uh, I got a guy running the op shop for me on Sundays, which is Sunday here today, and the time's cool. I'm happy anytime you want me uh, to. 
So look at your schedule and let me know when you got another date available. Same time, we'll get you back on. All right. Any any day, the same day as today is fine. Well, you can pick. I got next week or I got the week after. You just tell me how soon you want to go back on. It's yours. All right. Oh, well, we'll, we'll come on next week. Have a chat. Let's do it. Peter, you want to close us out in prayer? All right. Dear Father God, we love you and praise you, of course, and we thank you that you are with us, and uh, we thank you for all the people here. We um, we ask the kingdom of heaven come and that all the saints receive their inheritance as promised. Uh, and uh, we uh, ask that everyone be kept safe, all their relatives, all, all, the, um, all the prayers of the saints, uh, uh, that the devil be off their prayers and be bound and that their prayers be answered fast. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. I say amen to that. Brother, we love and appreciate you. I'm excited yeah. to to reconnect with you and i'm looking forward to talking to you again next week all right goodbye everybody and uh cheers and blessings to the precious saints marvelously made individual loved by the creator i agree father god bless brother peter we thank you for this report tonight expand his territories bless all the work that they're doing there strengthen them bring in helpers in jesus Christ's mighty name amen Amen. Amen. Love you, my friend. We'll see you next time. Okay. Okay. Cheers. Nice, nice day today. Thanks. God bless, bro. Folks, that was Peter Whiffin. We're going to have him on next week. That's going to conclude this week's uh, broadcast schedule. I've got all the shows up through um, Dr. Pat's that we did earlier tonight. I'll get the one with Tom Mack and Chris Blodgett and also Peter Whiffin up here shortly. Everything else is up to date. And uh, tune in Monday. We're going to have a new guest, Mitzi Burton. She's going to be teaching on the spirit of Jezebel, but unlike anything you've heard before, she's going after Jezebel's parents, Jezzy's kids. Not just Jezzy, but Ahab. (laughs) That was a couple that um, ruled the roost there and wreaked havoc. And we're going to be wreaking havoc on the kingdom of Ahab and Jezzy come Monday night. Mitzi Burton, you don't want to miss it. I want to thank all of you for tuning in. God bless you all. If you missed the broadcast last night with Dr. Erica Shepard, go and pull it up. Powerful teaching. And God is doing something in this season. I believe it. If you want to contact me, you can do so through the website, Omega Man Radio at ProtonMail.com. Love and appreciate you all. Uh, anybody who gave as a result of that call to action last night with Dr. Erickham, the tw- uh, based on Genesis 26, she called for anybody who wanted to plant a seed of $26.12. Any of that that has been coming in, we had we had about a dozen people that did. Some gave 46.12, for example. Um, I didn't take a dime of it. I turned around and gave it back out, planted it back out there, um, in the work of the Lord. And so uh, that's what we're doing for that effort. If you send something based on that show that you heard last night, I see it goes right back out. We're just putting it back out in the ministry, 100% of it. Praise God. I'm looking for a harvest for you, for me. Uh, Dr. Erica said she already got two testimonials, maybe three that came in since last night of some supernatural blessings that God is pouring out. I'm excited. Uh, I know God is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Amen.
with that, I'm looking forward to my weekend, which consists of uh, the rest of this evening. <laughs> and tomorrow, i got one day off, and then we start it again on Monday. Thank you for spending Saturday with us all this week. Help yourself to the archive. They're all free. Magazine's free. If you want to support the work, you can. And I um, want to say thank you for helping us to uh, get this far. God richly bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm out of here. Good night. Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you.